frustration, nervousness, and excitement. These are feelings we get when called upon to deploy. Deployments are never easy, and they never will be. The unknowingness alone, especially if it's your first tour, is enough to break you down physically and emotionally like a rag doll. But the beauty of the Guard is that we have countless resources and outlets to help cope with the, for lack of a better term, stress. Because believe me, it can be stressful. And in this 45th episode of the Maniac Radio Show, we're going to talk to someone who's been there, done that. She's an excellent resource for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair. I hope you all are doing well. It's been a little while. I hope you had a safe Halloween, and I hope you're gearing up for a safe but fun winter ahead. Because like it or not, it's approaching fast. Back to our excellent resource. Her name is Wendy Moody. She has a lot of good information, so let's bring her in. Can you give us a, a brief description of what you do, uh, who you are and what you do, what's your background? I'm the Transition Assistance Advisor, Reserve Component Transition Assistance Advisor for the state of Maine. Uh, if you think in terms of an active duty base where you have that transition point where you're coming into a new base, leaving and retiring, you're coming back from a deployment, I'm that resource in the state of Maine to make sure that you understand what your benefits are and how to access them. Uh, my first primary focus is those service members that are coming back from a deployment, making sure they get connected with the VA, getting their TRICARE benefit, and they're receiving all the benefits they're due from that deployment and getting them squared away if they have some issues, uh, getting them connected with the right resource. I remember being younger and, you know, uh, you know coming back from my first couple of deployments and thinking, like, just hearing what everybody kind of says and it goes right in one ear, right out the other. Everybody, not just not just you guys, but everybody. Well, the um, VA you, can be difficult to understand what you need to do and how and when you need to do it. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now knowing what I know, and um, it's I wish I would have listened a little bit better, you know, when I was, as I'm sure we all do. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, so backing up a little bit, so how many, so your position, how many of you are there in the state? I'm the only one in the state. The only one. I provide for all services, whether it be Coast Guard to Marine Corps, Navy, Army, Air Force, all of you. I'm responsible for all of you. Wow, that's a lot. And, yeah, and reserve, the Air Reserve, Army Reserve. Hmm. All of them. Well, that's a, that's a yeah, that's quite the responsibility. I hope it's a cr- joy. I hope your Christmas bonus is, is worth it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, in regards to TAPS, the uh, Transition Assistance Program, uh, I talked to Mr. Matlins last week about what that program offers and why it's beneficial for our members. Um, can you explain to me a little bit more? Sure. The TAPS program was established back around uh, 2003, 2004, because primarily it started with the active duty, because we had service members getting off active duty after a three, four-year hitch, and they were coming out totally unprepared for the real world, because we're talking about young soldiers. So they were coming out financially broke, unable to sustain themselves, didn't have a job, didn't know how to manage money. And so the TAPS program was established so that they would learn some of those tools, know how to apply for a job, being able to get a job, knowing how to uh, network and so forth, to find a job, and just to make sure that they were prepared for the outside world. So the TAPS program makes sure that they go through an employment piece if they're unemployed or need new employment, helps them with resumes and interviews and salary negotiation, all of those types of things. Uh, It also works with the financial piece. You need to make sure that they have an established budget before they get out of the service. Um, We talk about a lot of things about just the readjustment coming back, and this applies both not just to coming back from deployment, but we're talking about going into the retirement piece too, because TAPS 
goes into that piece as well. So that you understand that that, that period of time isn't all about you. It's about your family as well and everybody adjusting and adapting. And also making sure that you know the resources on how to, if you're struggling, where do I go? What do I find? Who's available? What can I do to get this sorted out so that uh, I can get back on the right track? And so that's really taps, what TAPS is all about. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, I think, you're a retired Army. I am. So speaking from experience, how overwhelming can it be when you're looking at the retirement phase? Exactly. I, I spent six years on active duty, and I transitioned out, and then I came into the Guard and Reserve. And when I tra transitioned out of there, for me, it was because of a medical issue that I couldn't stay in anymore, and it was, it was overwhelming. I w had become a single parent, and there I was. Getting out, I was a technician, and at that time, if you couldn't stay in because of medical issue in the Army, you lost your technician job as well, and it was one fell swoop. There was no grace period. So today you're in and today you're out, and I was the provider for the family. So uh, they let me go down to Brunswick Naval Air Station. was open, and I went through the TAP program and found it very useful. I didn't even have a resume. Didn't know what I wanted to do next. I'd, I went into service at 17, so I didn't know anything. My resume was the old resume, and they had, they were new bullet items, and I was going, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And they gave me the chance to do that and have somebody have some oversight to help make sure my resume met what I was looking to do and gave me lots of great ideas. So it's, it's a great program. I'd encourage anybody to use it. So it does sound like it's uh, pretty near and dear to your heart. Then, huh? It is. Yeah, no, that's cool, and it, which is good because then when you're teaching these classes or you're informing the rest of us, you are you're, you're not just kind of reading out of a textbook. You're speaking from experience and you're, um, you're passionate about it, so that's cool. Can you kind of walk me through these steps? So let's let's talk about um, we'll talk about the, the two different versions. So you, you talked about coming home from a deployment, and you also talked about when you're retiring. So can you walk me through the steps of what? I would go through coming home from a deployment if I want to utilize the TAPS program. Uh, the TAPS program is somewhat different for, for the Air Force and the Army. For each one of the services, kind of runs their own through the Yellow Ribbon program. But I'm here in the state as an asset because you guys do some of it virtually and you do it at home station. So the real key is we want to make sure that first you get, foremost, you get uh, connected with the Veterans Health Administration, that you enroll in that. And then the Veterans Benefit Administration, if you've had an injury or something that you're filing a claim. And filing a claim means you want to get whatever that issue is uh, service-connected. So they recognize it, so you'll always receive care for that issue. Uh, sometimes you get money for it, sometimes you don't, but it's more about making sure you get cared for that issue because that affects not only your life but your family's life. Uh, making sure that you understand what kind of medical benefits you have. A lot of times on deployments you'll have early eligibility TRICARE before you deploy. You'll have it for you and your family while you deploy. And then you have 180 days of a, what they call TAMP, a transition one, uh, when you get done with deployment. Making sure that you get connected with the best benefit that you can, taking care of yourself and your family during that time. So in essence, you may have up to almost two years of TRICARE, depending on the length of your, your tour. Uh, also, part of that tap, again, is the employment piece. Do we have service members that are underemployed or not employed at all and need employment? Making sure we get them connected with the right services, the career centers, uh, making sure they're prepared for interviews, uh, aware of what jobs might be out there. Uh, in working with Drew, I do a weekly update, identify any jobs that I'm aware of that our employers are specifically looking for veterans and getting those posted so they'll be able to see them on a drill weekend so that we have a good communication on what's available and out there. Um, housing, making sure we don't have homeless service members. There's a program not only through the, um, 
the services, but the Bureau of Veterans Services provides a homeless uh, coordinator to make sure our veterans are having a place to live and they're getting the resources they need. Uh, we work together, myself, the financial counselor, uh, Tracy Sousa, the career centers, the vet centers, Bureau of Veterans Services, all of us work together to make sure we provide that kind of support. If you hit one of us and it really isn't our lane, we try and make sure we get that warm handoff so that you get the right person to talk to to get that benefit. I was actually kind of wondering that myself when I was talking to Drew last week is how how often or how frequent do you guys and gals all, all work together because um, I feel like if I was going through a crisis, whether it be any, any kind of uh, stabilization or stability crisis, yeah, I would like to think that I could go talk to you and if you if you didn't know the answer that you'd be able to direct me to Tracy or to Drew or to um, Joe Connor Joe Connor great resource he's uh, good with the budgets if you need information about home loans uh, car loans getting a new budget set up uh, if you're looking at retirement about estate planning and so forth his outside job is a lawyer oh wow he can't give you legal advice but he can give you advice based on what the legal <laughs> things say so oh, I mean funny. he's a wonderful resource for the folks so moving forward to, like, say, if I'm an individual who is looking to retire, I guess this is the part that I'm kind of confused about. So if I'm looking to retire with as an AGR with active 20 years active duty, is that where I can use this program, or is it, or is it traditional, or is it both? It's both. It's both. Uh, it, depending on what the audience is, today when we did one, we had both AGR and we had folks in there that are currently serving and getting ready to get out. And we had some folks that are in what they call the gray area, those that have 20 good years of service, they're eligible for retirement, have gotten their 20-year letter, but they're not yet age 60 or have an early eligibility based on deployments. And it's, it's really just an informal time to get together and talk about basics. What are you, what's it going to look like? When do I retire? What are the decisions I have to make and when do I have to make those? When should I apply for the retirement? And just making sure they have some connection points to... Uh, know what their benefits are and their timeline is a really important piece of it. So I've been out here 14 years. I've, I've, I've never, I've probably heard like the word TAPS has probably been entered into my, my mind, but I don't process it or and think about it. But um, it's, it's yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's huge. So, uh, you know, and I think I talked to Drew about this as well, but uh, what about, what about dependents? Can they, can they utilize your program or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think any of us providers are territorial about what we do. If we're not the right person, we try to make sure you get connected with the right person. But uh, family members need that information too because they don't know what they're entitled to unless we tell them. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that, well, that's that's the other thing too is if, um, especially with this type of stuff, or if I was getting ready to retire and I had, again, that overwhelming aspect. I may want, you know, my wife may offer to, to come and, and, and help out and, and do that kind of and stuff. Absolutely, and it's particularly for a traditional Guards member, it's important to get some of the information early because when you get your 20-year letter, you have a major decision to make about a survivor benefit plan. And if you don't understand what it is, then you may not make the election that you would really like mm -hmm. or what's most beneficial for your family. Okay. So these seminars, these retirement seminars are open to spouses as well so that, or those getting ready to get their 20-year letter, those who have gotten their 20-year letter, those who are getting ready to draw their retirement pay, any one of them are, are very, uh, they're eligible to come in there. It's open and we try and give the information so it covers the whole basis. We find out who's in the audience and we go from there. How often do you guys put on these classes? At least annually. We do them out around the state like Caribou, Bangor, uh, Belfast, Lewiston, Portland, Augusta. But we've been doing some by Zoom because of COVID. Yeah. 
and I come up here anytime uh, Drew asks. I think in the last year I've probably done three, maybe even four of them up here just here on the base itself. Wow. You know, I read somewhere a while ago, and it may not be the case anymore, but um, I read that Maine, given we only have, what, a million residents, I think, but per capita we have more military retirees here than, than anywhere. Oh, I'm sorry, not retirees, uh, veterans. veterans. Veterans, you're correct. Over the last at least 10 years, we've been number one or number two in per capita veterans Wow. Across the United States. So your pro, so this program is like a, you know, that's that's uh, that's huge for that. So if I'm, so say I say I'm active duty, right, and I'm stationed, you know, I don't know, say California, mm-hmm. and I retire, but I'm coming back to Maine. Can I use absolutely, the really, okay, absolutely. And it isn't just limited to currently serving retirees and so forth. I'm they're available for veterans too. Oh, okay. Uh, their benefits, everybody's vet benefits are going to be somewhat different based on their personal experience. So sometimes. I may have to say, no, you're not entitled to that benefit, but I want to make sure I gear it directly towards that particular person's experience. So, for example, right now, like I'm a, I'm a technician, but I'm also a veteran, so I, I, could, I could utilize this program right Absolutely. now to help me find a civilian job yeah. or, or build a resume. Or what. Well, you know what? Let's talk about resumes. So you mentioned that earlier. I hate resumes. I think everybody oh, so does. Do I. Everybody does. <laughs> We all already know the benefit behind being able to have the skill to build a good or, or nice, you know, well put together Believe resume. it or not, there are a lot that don't. Really? And yeah. so there are programs out there to help us learn how to do those. One of the best ones I know is an online one called ONET. And what you can do is it has a drop down, uh, it says military, click on that and you put your occupational specialty, your AFSC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Army, it's MOS. You put that in there, and it takes that specialty and takes it and puts it in civilian terminology, so that when you go to build your resume, you're not putting all the military ease in there. You're putting the civilian That's words cool. in there, and right. you're not going to put everything in there that it shows, but it has the knowledge, skills, and abilities right there that you can build on. That's awesome. It also has a good website. Uh, part of that same website, if you, it shows you jobs on the outside that are. Uh, similar to what you're doing in the service. It tells you where the, those jobs are hot jobs, uh, and it gives you an average salary for those types of jobs in your area, in the United States, and then you can use a drop down for the state, and it gives you the average salary for that kind of job in that state as well. Really? And that's ONET, you said? ONET, O-N-E-T. It is a, it is a great website. Other than TAPS, what other what other services do you provide with your job? I do work a lot with the TRICARE benefit. I, I am not employed by any of the TRICARE uh, providers, but I understand how the TRICARE works in the cycle of life of a service member. Uh, a traditional person, someone who's AGR, someone who's going on deployment, on deployment, coming back from deployment, uh, in the gray area, retirement. And I also have a great resource of uh, contacts with Martin's Point U.S. Family Health Plan, who's one of the TRICARE providers, because TRICARE is the name of the medical benefit, and there's contractors that manage those benefits. Martin's Point is one, Humana is the other. Yeah, and that, that is all, that's all amazing information. I think that the, that the more our members are aware of what you guys offer um, to, the, to our members through them. Do you, guys, do you guys talk to civilian employers? I don't specifically. There is a, another representative for the Employer Supported Garden Reserve, ESGR. Bethany Mazzaro is the representative right now, and she goes out and works specifically with employers. Uh, to represent the Garden Reserve, talk about employment, and uh, get awards out to strong employers and so forth. And again, it's one of those partners with the higher vet. She's another one of those partners in there. What is the biggest takeaway that, uh, that members of the Maine uh, Army and Air National Guard, as well as uh, people who are looking to retire, as well as people who are coming home from an employment, what's the biggest takeaway with what TAPS has to offer that they should be 
absorbing. That you're not alone in it. There are resources out there. You just have to reach out and say, hey, I don't know what to do, and this is what I'm working with. Can you tell me how we can, who or someone I can talk to to help resolve it? There's someone out there. There's a resource out there to help. It seems like the more time goes on, the more resources are made available to help with that process. Like, And it, it's making sure they understand what the benefits are. Too. And it's a dual thing, you know, understanding the benefit and knowing there's resources that we can get them to to try and give them a hand to resolve whatever the issue is at the time. Is there anything you'd like to add? One thing I would guess I would say is, yes, I do serve from cradle to grave. From the day a service member comes in until they pass, there's a program for that as well as a survivor outreach program that I work in conjunction with. I work in conjunction with DEERS because a lot of these surround other benefits that we want to make sure that we, we take care of the whole being. And so we work together. If someone works in, uh, comes in such as surviving widow, okay, I'll work with them to make sure that they understand the TRICARE benefit and any benefits they have, making sure they get a new ID card, making sure the DEERS is updated, but also the survivor outreach person, getting them in touch with them to make sure if there's benefits, survivor, out, survivor benefit plan is available, to make sure that we meet all of those needs as best we can in one spot. And that's what we try and do at Camp Keys where all the support services are. And it is comforting. It actually makes me feel good to know that you that you guys all, again, that you guys all work together. Again, if I'm going through that process or if I'm retiring or coming home from a deployment, like it, it's got to be overwhelming. Like it, you know, so it is overwhelming to, to have to go through all of that. No, I, I appreciate what you guys do, and, and I, I and I apologize. We haven't we haven't done this we haven't had this conversation sooner, but uh, you know, because it, it is important for our members to know and to hear what what you guys have to say. I'm happy to help at any time I can. Well, thank you. Yeah, and thanks again for coming in. If you have questions about the transition assistance program. Get a hold of Wendy. She's here to help. Drew Matlins is also a TAP rep, so just know that he's available as well. All right, we have a few more things to knock out, so bear with me. And first and foremost, let's talk about the new COVID-19 prevention updates for the state of Maine. If you didn't already know, effective November 4th, that was Wednesday, indoor gatherings will not exceed 50 people, regardless of capacity, and 100 people in an outdoor gathering. Individuals traveling to Maine from New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut are no longer exempt from the 14-day quarantine requirement, with the exception of a current negative test result. In addition to this, the 101st Medical Group Public Health Office, who, by the way, have been working extremely hard during this pandemic, would like to remind maniacs that if you feel sick, stay home. It's simple. And if you have questions about any of this, feel free to give them a call at 404-7499. I'll leave their number in this podcast description. Speaking of public health, they also wanted me to pass along, if you are a smoker, make sure you're smoking in the designated smoking areas. After all, that's why they're there. Also, a quick message from our SARC. We have a lot going on right now, and we've had a lot going on over the last several months. Please remember that our SARC is available to you at all times. Bobby Joe is here. She's ready. She's willing. Actually, we've been meaning to get her on the podcast, maybe next month. But please remember she's here for all of us. If you don't already have her number in your phone, I suggest logging that away as soon as you can. You never know when you'll need to get a hold of her, for yourself or a battle buddy. I'll leave her contact information in the description as well. And lastly, let's talk about some safety tips. First, about hunting. I'm sure you've heard this a hundred times, but it's better to be safe than sorry. There's a good acronym to remember when handling a firearm. TABIC, or TAB-K however you want to remember it. This is what it stands for. 
The T is treat every firearm as if it's loaded. The A stands for always point your muzzle in a safe direction. The B is be certain of your target and what's beyond it. And the K is keep your finger outside the trigger guard until you're ready to shoot. If you can remember that, you'll be sitting pretty, wherever that may be. Your tree stand, your favorite rock overlooking a field, in front of your TV playing duck hunt, whatever. Also, we've mentioned deployments a few times during this podcast. Think of your hunting trip as if you were on a mini deployment. You need to collect your gear and make sure you have everything right. Do an ops check. Make sure everything you're bringing with you is in good working order. No holes in your clothing. Bring extra batteries. Bring a first aid kit. All that stuff. It's easy to forget your extra load, so to speak. But when the time comes, you're going to wish you brought it. If you square it away ahead of time, you'll be sitting pretty. Again, if you want more information on hunting safety or you want to drown your stubborn spouse in it before they head out the door for a long weekend, I recommend you contact either our pros in the safety office at 404-7250 or check out the main.gov hunting safety page. I'll leave a link in the description. Also, our safety office has been getting a lot of questions about winter parking. Our CE plows work very hard to keep the roads and parking lots clear for us. Be sure to check with your building manager and find out what your building does as far as parking plans when Mother Nature throws four feet of snow and ice at us. It helps them do their job better and it helps keep you and your vehicle safe because I'm sure being clipped by a snowplow wouldn't feel great. So just keep that in mind and talk with your friendly neighborhood building manager. And that's all I've got from safety. Thanks and happy hunting. And that's going to wrap up episode 45 of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair. Have a great drill. Stay six feet apart. Wear your masks. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at 101STARW. And check out our recruiting page at Maine Air National Guard Recruiting. Have a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you in December. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Stay at home if you feel sick. And I heard Colonel Gillis say this the other day. Better safe than COVID. So long.